Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me, as always, with another plain background, is my buddy Lance Williams on the West Coast, sporting a new lid for those watching on YouTube. That is that the brand new, like, C2019 hat? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's the gray one. It's got the 1933. I like that. Yeah, I'm afraid to take uh, it off, because if I did, you guys might see uh, my, uh, man, got ball spots, man. I want you guys to see that, so I got to put the hat on. I can sympathize. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, but I held out a little bit longer than you. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. So we have a lot to talk about tonight. Obviously, the Steelers played last night, Saturday night. This is being recorded on Sunday night. And they were victorious 17-7 to over the Kansas City Chiefs in week two of NFL preseason play. But we're not going to get into all that. We did that last night. I was on with Dave Schofield for the post game. Lance, you had a whole slew of things you wanted to talk about today. So whenever you're ready, go ahead. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a, you know, kind of a hodgepodge of different stuff. I checked out you guys' show last night. You guys did a great job in, you know, kind of breaking down a game. Pretty comprehensive job. So I didn't want to kind of rehash that. Uh, I kind of wanted to go in a different direction. Of course, news is always revolving. And as two guys who have been blocked by Mr. Third and Fifth, I don't know if you've seen it. I just wanted to get your <laughs> quick reaction to uh, Mike Mayock giving his press conference and saying the following quote, it's time for him to be all in or all out as he missed another practice because of the helmet. Are we really starting the show off with Mr. Third and Fifth? I just wanted to say that. I just wanted to ask real quick because I just saw that. I was taking a nap. I saw that, and I just chuckled inside. Okay, I'll just say this. This is the only thing I'm going to say. I truly, deep down, don't think he wants to play football anymore. It feels that way. It feels like he's creating excuses to, to not do that. Like, he's not all in. Put on a helmet. Go out and catch passes. I mean... At this point in time, it is what it is. I mean, you're not going to wear the old helmet. Actually, I, I heard that he found an old helmet, that he put some stuff on social media and, yes. and, and found a helmet. And the NFL said no mas. <laughs> they did not permit it. So um. anyway, anyway, let's move on. We just had, I just wanted to touch on Mr. Third and Fifth really quickly. I hate to start the program off, but I just love the fact that we're both blocked. Yes, we are team blocked. And that, that team is growing rapidly, by the way. So, I mean, it's going to national media and everything. So I feel special because we were blocked first before yes. national media. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we started it and we got him all riled up and blocking people. But let's jump into the initial question that I wanted to ask with the program. And that's, do we put too much value into the preseason. I heard you guys show last night. I thought you guys did a fantastic job really breaking it down. A lot of people who cover other teams do a lot of a lot of good work in breaking down the the preseason. But we do we put too much value into it? it is everything that we see really real? I mean, is it worth the amount of energy that we put into it, other people put into it? Do we put too much value into it? I think it's a concoction of a bunch of different things. And first is that it's our first taste of football of the new year. And so immediately fans just want to consume as much as they can and digest it as fast as they can to see what comes out the other side, if you know what I mean. So with this concoction, though, it's more than just I, – I said this on our Steelers preview show two weeks ago right after the Steelers had played the Buccaneers, and that was take everything that you see – 
everything that you read and everything that you even hear us say with a gigantic grain of salt because it's there's so many variables here so let's let, let's use a perfect example as devlin hodges the quarterback for the steelers that is getting all these reviews well who's he throwing passes against the guys that are going to be unemployed in two weeks now that's not taking away from him making the throws but at the same time there's all these variables in the preseason i think that there can be things that you can take away from it but i definitely don't think that it should be as significant as some people make it out to be what do you think my brain is a little more corrupt than yours so i'm going to take your analogy which i agree with and i'm going to flip it a little bit and say the preseason is the new girlfriend <laughs> it's the new girlfriend that you're excited about for the first couple of weeks then she starts getting on your nerves and you're ready to move on that's about <laughs> that's like like by the time you get to week three you're ready to move on you're done with preseason you're done with all this all of that fanfare, that lovey-dovey stuff that you had in the first couple of weeks, you could do no wrong. All of a sudden, you're just irritated. But that's what preseason football is. When you first get it and you see it, you get super excited. But I, but I do think we put a little bit too much value into it, particularly how at some point we, we do it. I think other shows do it. We try to make educated inferences not leaps some shows make gigantic leaps based on a couple of quarters but i think it's that urgency to that football's back and you're just excited i mean it's a long summer typically you might be tired of nba talk hockey's over no one's watching golf no one in america really cares about baseball i'm sorry i'm a giant fan but i really don't care about baseball anymore I just don't watch it anymore so when football comes along i mean you watch three quarters of the Hall of Fame game, and they tell you that no one that you know is going to play, and you still watch. Yep. That's the power of the NFL, man. It's the most popular game in the United States. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's the only professional sports league that I will watch any game that's on. And I'm not saying I'm going to be glued to the television if it is a Thursday night contest before – between the Giants and the Jets, but I'm going to tune in and just keep an eye out because I love watching football. Um, to be completely honest with you, when the NFL Network, screw you, by the way, NFL Network, for leaving the Steeler game and going to the Dallas-LA Rams game in Hawaii at halftime, leaving all the Steelers and Chiefs fans saying, what the heck is going on? I actually had the... Cowboys and Rams game on my TV was watching the Steeler game on my laptop and I was tuned into both games preseason football yes I was watching it's just the NFL man it's the NFL yeah. I mean it is I mean it is so I think I think we do a better job than most shows I think some shows go in way too hard I think we we do a good job of evaluating new players so on and so forth so we give it the requisite attention that it needs but I, but I do read a lot of stuff on Twitter guys make these leaps based on like four plays and the guy's going to be LT he's going to be the next great linebacker he's going to be Andy Russell he's going to be this guy this guy that guy but Again, it's like you said, it's the NFL and people are excited. But I do want to jump into a perspective on the game, but I want to I want to get to it from a different way than giving wins or losses or anything and who was the star of the game or any of that stuff. I just want to ask a simple question. Is there anything that you've seen 
from the offense in the preseason to calm that, that you think will calm Steeler Nation's nerves with the loss of Mr. Third and Fifth in his production? Yes. One name, James Washington. Because in my opinion, James Washington, it's it's not that he's been productive. First, he's been productive in all phases, meaning he's doing it against starters. And he's also done it against backups because he's typically playing at least a half. But to me, I, I've seen some crazy versatility from James Washington. They've lined him up all over the field. He's shown that he can go deep. We knew he could catch the vertical pass, but he's out-jumped defenders. He's gone over the middle. That catch that he had from Mason Rudolph in the beginning of the second quarter, it was their first scoring drive, I believe, which was a dart, by the way, by Rudolph. But boy, triple coverage, catches the pass with his hands, not a body catcher. And he he wasn't scared at all. And then he makes that great sideline catch where he gets vertical, brings his feet down. To me, James Washington has really calmed down the Steelers fan base in terms of the loss of Mr. Third and Fifth. The question for me isn't, will they be able to make the yardage up? Because I think they will, no doubt. Whether that's divvying it up between Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, Jalen Samuels, Eli Rogers, and Dante Moncrief, any of those receivers. I think that Vance McDonald as well. I don't think it's going to be an issue of can they replace the yardage. It's the can they replace the touchdowns. That's the big thing, and that's the giant question mark that still kind of lingers over my head like a cloud. But for me, in terms of easing the fears, or the, not fears, concerns of the fan base, you have to say James Washington, right? I agree. I'm going to add to it. I'm going to add another name. I'm going to add Jalen Samuel to that, to that, to that list because he looks much better. I don't know if it's just me. He looks like a very different player. He looks like he is very certain in how he's going to make his cuts, how he sets up his blocks. He looks like his feet. He looks like he's more explosive the way he's bouncing to the outside, the way he's reading things. He looks like a confident, comfortable football player. And I'm really excited with that with, with that backfield. I'm really excited about. I think the versatility of the backfield of Connor and Samuel, I, I, I'm really excited to see that. Seeing Deontay Spencer, the Deontay's yesterday, their explosiveness. Washington, like you said, I, I think that the uh, I think the offense is in a good place. You think they could? We've always talked about this uh, thirty point mark. Do you feel that comfortable about it? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> because what did I say? We're not sure about what the touchdowns. Right. Yardage, I am totally confident in saying that they will be able to make up Antonio Brown's. I'm sorry, Mister Third and Fifths. However many yards he had, 1,200 yards last year, I think, something like that. Juju led the team with 14. I think he had 12. I have no doubt that not one individual player, but amongst a several, they'll be able to make up the yardage. But the big question is, can they make up those 15 touchdowns? I'm not sold on that. And you need that to get to that. I think in my predictions articles this offseason, I think I just said 28 points, not 30. And I believe you said that that was even a little lofty. For you, you think they could get to 30 now just because of what you've seen? 
I don't think 30, but I feel a lot better about the offense. I mean, I think I feel a lot better about the offense. Washington and Samuel, I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, you still got Eli Rogers out there. I mean, you still got Moncrief out there. Who, ugh, the, ugh, gosh, what a way to start your career in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's, a, <laughs> that's a bad introduction. That's like walking into the new girlfriend's house and not shaking her dad's hand. I mean, come on, man. Can it get any worse than that? I mean, a guy gets a pass thrown to him and he puts the ball on the ground. He, like, that was bad. I was like, you know, that was really bad. Now, I want to post this uh, comment here. Vodka Drinker makes a very good point. Now, it's just the preseason. And, yeah, we're not sure what's going to happen in real games. But he says if it appears that the Steelers are getting turnovers. If they can get turnovers, that gives more possessions. We've talked about that before. Maybe that does lead to more touchdowns. Maybe that does make that, you know, 30-point plateau a little bit more realistic. Well, let me flip the question. On okay. the defensive side, is there something that you've seen from this defense in the first couple of preseason games that make you think they can flip that issue with turnovers? Or is there something that you've seen – to give you more confidence in what this defense can be next year. Uh, yeah, I think there has been, and that's just speed. Um, I'll give you the perfect example. When I was watching at last night's game, the first quarter, there was one matchup on defense that I wanted to watch as close as possible. And I haven't gone back and watched it yet, uh, rewatched it, but I wanted to watch Mark Barron and Travis Kelsey. And I tell you what, Barron did a very good job. He got him off the line of scrimmage. He jammed him off the line several times. He ran with him. Um, he disrupted his route. And how many times did we see Rob Gronkowski torch the Steelers and everyone saying, how's he getting a free release? Why isn't there someone over top of him on the line of scrimmage? I think with this speed that they have now, whether it's Devin Bush or Mark Barron at the inside linebacker position, it gives them flexibility. Their coverage in general, I've been impressed with. And it wasn't impressive until last night because you can talk about Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers, but Terrell Edmonds was the only known commodity on the field at the time. Last night was closer to the Steelers starting defense minus Joe Hayden, I believe, and Devin Bush or Vince Williams because they were both out. Tyler Medikavich got the start. You're only missing those two players. I thought they looked pretty good in coverage, Lance. You agree or disagree? Except for Tyler Manikavich. I mean, he, well, he sucks. He I'm just, sorry. He, I shouldn't say that. He, but he, he better just <laughs> cover kicks and punts. That's it. <laughs> he, can't, he can't cover anything else. But I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Let me give you another example of a play that Barron made. Uh, covered a running back out of the backfield on a wheel route early in the game. Plastered the guy. You know, his back to his chest. Great coverage. What have we seen Vince Williams do in the past with wheel routes? Think of Christian McCaffrey and Vince Williams. First drive of that game at Thursday Night Football. It was, uh, you know, taking candy from a baby. Yeah. Now, you know, the funny thing is, not that you could probably hear a baby in the background, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the funny thing was for me was the big pass play that Patrick Mahomes did connect on. Who did he target? Natikavich. He targeted Natikavich. Absolutely. So for me, I look at it and say, man, if they can just keep Matikavich on the sidelines, Vince Williams on the side. That's why all these people that ask me in these live chats, you know, how Vince Williams is going to play more, Mark Bear. If you're smart and you're the Steelers defense, as long as Devin Bush and Mark Barron can stop the run, why would you take them off the field? And that's you, an honest question. You wouldn't. Uh, speaking of Vince Williams, 
are they keeping him out of games as a precautionary thing? Yeah, or he's got a hamstring injury. Okay, he's got a hamstring. Um, well, you know how, well, you know how this works. He's on. You know how this works. He's on the club, but you can't see the field no. if you're hurt. And you know how this works. That's a scenario where the coaching staff can legitimately not him not play him and make him a situational player as he gets healthy. And there's the built-in excuse for it. So, yep. no, you're right. But I wanted to shift. I wanted to shift reels a little bit and, and ask about. You know what the Steelers went through the last week. How do you think the team overall, the organization, and the team in and of itself will respond to the passing of Coach Drake? Well, let me first say I think kudos to the Steelers. I thought that they handled it well in terms of a public relations standpoint by them canceling practice on Sunday was canceled. Well, Sunday was canceled. Monday was canceled. Tuesday was supposed to be a day off. They moved practice there, but on Tuesday. They told the media, we're not going to allow any players to talk to you. Let's give them a chance. And that was that really gray, dreary is raining. Um, you know, all, all this stuff happened on that day. It was a bad practice. Guys were crying. Ryan Switzer, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, and then it seemed like after that, they started to kind of get back to full circle. They started to turn it around. I'm not saying it's normal. Um, when you read the, the, out, the reported timeline of what happened with daryl drake it's gonna that's gonna have a lasting impression on these players so for me i thought the Steelers did a good job i don't think it's going to impact them on the long term because like i said on my um steelers one-on-one show with chris carter is that tragedy like this can do one of two things it, from the immediate standpoint it can cause you to go into a shell and shut down or it can cause you to raise up your game and play for that person i see more of the latter with the steelers than the former what do you think I think I agree. I think Tomlin is the guy that can steer the ship. I mean, he might struggle in terms of challenges, but I think Tomlin is very real and honest in his communication to and about his players. And I think, you know, Tomlin's a man's man. I think he'll be able to steer these guys, um, you know, in the right direction. Um, give me the timeline. You were, you were talking about, you know, some of the timeline. You know, I wasn't aware of, you know, some of those events – you were talking about that in your previous comments. And also, have the Steelers decided to replace, to name a replacement, or will Feetner or you know some other coach fulfill those duties? Um, so Ed Bouchette of The Athletic wrote an article basically breaking down what happened on the night of Daryl Drake's passing. And reportedly, it was, I believe, Saturday he had gone and checked himself into Latrobe's hospital. I'm not sure of the actual name of the hospital. I apologize. He was complaining of chest pains. They did a full uh, scan of him and did all the tests that they did, and everything came back normal. Uh, they did. They said we want you to stay here overnight for further evaluation. He said he wanted to go back to training camp. He leaves the hospital, attends meetings. Sunday morning, they find him. Passed, he has obviously passed away in the dorm rooms at St. Vincent College. So all the players were there, the coaches were there. As an organization, it had to be very traumatic. Um, as for the coaching aspect of things, Mike Tomlin has not officially made any announcement that there's going to that they that he said they have a plan in place, but they're not ready to announce it yet. That's likely out of respect to um, 
you know, Daryl Drake and his family, right, Ray right. Sherman, Ray Sherman, former offensive coordinator right. back in 1998 was, had spent, and this is another misconception is that people said they brought him in. No, he had spent the entire month at training camp with the Steelers helping, and they just moved him over with the wide receivers, whether he stays there for the season or whether they bring in someone else. I, I can't see them bringing an outsider in now. You find someone that'd be a stopgap for the 2019 season, and then you look for a new coach after that. So that's what they've done so far, but again, nothing official from the Steelers. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sherman was Cordell Stewart's offensive coordinator. Yeah, 1998. Yeah, that was a bad year. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, uh, I think I knew his his niece. I had met his niece in the Bay Area, I think, when, when Sherman was the offensive coordinator. Speaking of the game, uh, yesterday's game, let me get your thoughts on, because I know you guys went pretty hard on Mike Hilton, and deservedly so. I think Mike Hilton struggled in that game, um, you know, couldn't get into his back pedal, got beat on the post route for the touchdown. I don't know if it was a coverage bust, got beat on a big play, another big play as well. I was impressed with how he played safety. What were okay. your guys' thoughts on him playing safety? Because in the second half, he played safety, and Cam Sutton was the nickel corner. And How did you think he performed in that role? I thought he looked a little bit more comfortable with not having to – like you said, he got lost in his backpedal. He got he he is a player that does better moving forward. And what's he good at? Tackles for losses in the backfield, blitzing off the edge. So if you put him in the safety in the deep half and let him attack the ball, attack the ball carrier, he's not afraid to throw his weight around. He is a smaller guy. He was interviewed and asked about this after the game, and he basically said, "Look, if we have three cornerbacks or three safeties on the field, if I'm if I'm one of those guys, what does it matter? Does it really matter?" That's a good question, Lance. Does it matter? You know, if he's if he's back at safety in a dime package and you've got other defensive backs in there in his normal position, does it really matter? I think he's proving that he's at least capable back there. Yeah, I don't think it does matter. I think he's I think what I saw in that game was a willingness to, like you said, throw his body around. He was very decisive and he was very physical back there. And I was really impressed. I mean, I was like, wow, he. The, my immediate thought was he's playing safety than he, better than he does nickel corner. <laughs> so if he if he's a better player, to your point, at the safety position, why not put him at the safety position and have both players on the field? That leads me to think that, and give me your thoughts that the and, and by the way, Artie Burns played very well in the I game. I was just going to ask you about Artie Burns. Played, Artie Burns played very well in that game. Who are if they go to dime? Name the six DBs that are on the field. Are we assuming Hilton is a safety in this scenario or no? Just six DBs. Okay. Uh, you know, positional. Okay. okay. So obviously we have Edmonds and Davis. Right. We have Hayden and Nelson. That's four. You can bring on two more. I would say you put in Cam Sutton and Mike Hilton. That's your six and then you have, you have the versatility with Hilton to move him around. You don't have to play him in that typical slot cornerback role. And Artie's the wild card if anybody gets hurt. He's the first man up. If Artie Burns can continue on this trajectory, that's the best news possible for the Steelers on so many different levels. If you're thinking trade fodder, you want him to be playing well. If you're thinking insurance policy, you want him to be playing well. So I think that if Artie Burns can continue on this path, it's good news for the Steelers. And that open field tackle on Tyreek Hill was, I was happy for him 
because I think he, you know, Artie Burns' story is a good one. And I thought he played a great game against a really good offense. So we'll see where this goes. What about you? You're six DBs. You changing anything? I don't, I don't disagree because you can't take Nelson off. You can't take uh, Hayden off. They're definitely going to play. And I think Sutton Hill, I mean, and the safeties are the same. So I think those are the six. But is this a position group of strength now? I like the seven names. I don't think there's any one star. I think Hayden is the closest to a guy that we might think is a star, top elite guy. But I think it's at least six to seven solid guys. And I don't see any weak links in particular if Artie Burns is not playing amongst the six. No, I I agree 100%. I think that I'm not a strength is something that I, I feel like if you're describing a strength of a football team, whether it's offense or defense, doesn't matter, is something you can lean on when times get tough and when you need a play. So my question, and we're using that as a definition, is this secondary a strength for the Steelers in 2019? Their front seven of that defense, the front seven is more. But I said the secondary is the secondary a strength. Not yet. Okay, I agree with you. I agree. I agree. Yeah, okay. a week for it, like not yet, because right. if they get lit up by that guy up north uh, <laughs> in week one, we will not be saying it's a strength. <laughs> I think what it is is more versatile. Yes, I think it's more versatile. I think they can mix and match better than they have been able to do in years past. Give me your thoughts on on, on speed. They look faster to me. Yeah. They, this defense looks like sideline to sideline. It's faster. It looks like there are more hats to the ball. And it even looks like Dud wants to get paid. Well, why wouldn't he? I mean, he's making $9 million this year, but he could be making a lot more next year if he plays, plays a great team. In terms of speed, could it be, Lance, and this is maybe stretching it because it's the preseason, but could it be all because of the speed from the inside? I mean, could it really be just that? Could it be the fact that if Barron and Bush are on the field, that Terrell Edmonds and Sean Davis don't have to worry about other people's jobs, other people's territories and zones and things of that nature, and they can just flow and fly to the ball like they're supposed to, like they know how to, like they're trained to? Do you think it could be that simple? I don't know how lacrosse works, but I know with most sports, if you're fast up the middle, it translates to everything. You're fast. Your defense becomes fast. If you can put players in the middle of your defense that can run sideline to sideline, they get there because they get there first and another guy gets there a half tick later. But you got to get somebody there first. And if you have speed on both hashes, then, you know, unless you're just really slow at every other position, the speed of your defense is going to magnify. Well, and and to me, you look at the roster that they have, and it's the only disconnect that I can find because Edmonds can run, Davis can run, Hayden can still run, and all the other players that we that were on the team last year outside of Cody Sensabaugh, um, they all have speed. And so you're watching the game saying, well, where the hell is the speed? Like, where is it? Maybe it is just because up the middle was slow. I mean, last year when you have John Bostic and Vince Williams standing next to each other, this is not 1995. Your inside linebackers have to run, and they've got to be able to cover, and they have to be able to cover a lot of ground, and those two players simply could not do that. You put in Bush and Barron, they can do that, and that's going to free up a lot of options and create more, just what you just said, versatility. 
in the defense, in my opinion. Think about it this way. I think Kansas City is probably the fastest offense in football. Hands down, I think I agree. I mean, I mean just, just absolutely blazing fast. They didn't look faster than the Steelers' defense. No. I yeah. mean, those, were, those are their starters, too, by the way. And yeah. I don't want people thinking, like, oh, they were benching people. No, Patrick Mahomes played two series, and the rest of their starters played as well. I don't want people discounting the Steelers' defense for whatever reason. And it didn't look like what Mahomes put on the Steelers last year because he opened a big old can on the Steelers <laughs> last year. No one knew what to expect from him last year. He came onto the, he burst onto the scene. People say that all the time. He legitimately burst onto the scene. First year as a starter, MVP. Come on out. That's crazy. Now, do you remember uh, Rocky Three? Are you old enough to remember? Oh my gosh, I could tell you every everything about it. What about it? So, what about the interview when uh, Clever Lang was asked, what you <laughs> "What's your to prediction? <laughs> What's your prediction?" Pain. <laughs> yes, and that was what the Chiefs brought the Steelers last year was pain yes and it just felt like from a speed perspective they were as fast as the chiefs now this wasn't tyreek hill getting like eight or nine targets and he's going to keep testing it like okay you're as fast as me on the first couple of snaps but i'm going to run by you on the next five that it's not a it's not an in-game scenario but 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 i think it was great um you guys asked a question last night on the show i wanted to ask you again because i thought it was a really good question give me a surprise cut on the offensive side of football i was asked that last night i think you i think you were <laughs> it was late you guys i was, I was tired you thank, were thank the lord for dave schofield because man it's just uh he kept me awake if i was doing that by myself you would have seen the live stream of this <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, it was dark in both rooms. <laughs> I was All right, uh, surprise cut. Um, I think we in the live chat, someone said uh, Gerald Hawkins. I just don't. That wouldn't be a surprise. That's not a surprise to me. It's not a surprise to me. To me, I think I said uh, Ryan Switzer would be a surprise. Um <laughs> Because because if you look at the backstory, they traded for him last year. Eli Rogers would be a surprise cut. They gave him a two year deal to start the year. So um, I, I just think that it's a uh, yeah, that's about I, I'm it. Glad you, I'm glad you said Switzer. Do you think Johnson and Spencer are putting him under pressure? I think so. Spencer, after last night, he had some good returns. Man, he looked shifty. He had to look a little Randall L-esque, and that's it not always a good thing. But explosive. Yeah. So um, I'm just trying to think about the guys that would be a really big surprise. Those are really the only ones that I can actually uh, think of. Let me throw yeah. out a name because, you know, Switzer is Mr. Many Steps Not to Go Forward. He takes more steps in one spot and does not move than anyone that I've ever seen. Like, it takes him 50 steps to go two feet. I'm like, dude, can you just... Somebody... Well, that's like, that's, I remember Antoine Randwell, he'd catch that punt, and he'd run around in circles for like 300 yards and gain five yards. Yes, and fumble. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, and put the ball on the ground. I'm going to give you a name, and, I, and I'm going to give you the name that I mistakenly called him in last week's program. What about Hobbs, a.k.a. Dobbs, or Dobbs... Better know yeah, you know, it's funny. The steel that is a that would be a, a surprise because that would be to me the equivalent of, of Landry Jones last year. 
everyone said Dobbs is going to be cut because Roethlisberger's there and because Jarvis or Landry Jones has been there for years and they trust him, um, all this stuff. And next thing you know, you get that tweet that gets sent out that the Steelers are cutting down to 53 and Landry Jones is one of those players. Like, Whoa. I think that they would try, and they probably did this last year with uh, Landry too, is they would try to shop him, but you really think that would happen? Duck Dynasty looks good. Duck Dynasty needs a chance to play against other players before I say that, and I'm, that's not a cut on him. And he and someone said this earlier in the show than when I was when we were talking about him. You know, he's throwing the ball to players that are going to be unemployed in two weeks too. So it's not Hopefully. like you know. Hopefully. I'd like I'd like to see him. You know, we know Ben's going to play in the third first quarter probably in the third third game and i'd be interested to see maybe if they give devlin hodges a, a few shakes early in the second half i want to keep you on your toes jeff okay. i want to ask so after so we got the third preseason game coming up ben roethlisberger is going to play yes if ben struggles what's going to be the overreaction headline I think it would be Mike Tomlin's mismanagement of Roethlisberger in the preseason. He should have played in week two for a couple series because you know who does? That quarterback up north does. And because they're the gold standard for everything and anything, then that means Ben should too. I don't think it's going to happen, but yeah, I see that. That would be my guess. I think it'll be, well, you know, Mr. Third and Fifth is no longer a Steeler. How would you not play? Very good, yeah. Knowing that you have to replace Mr. Third and Fifth. Now that's from our that's from us. Like that's or or st- hold on, hold on. Sticking with Mr. Third and Fifth. Mr. Third and Fifth, his safety blanket's gone. Is this the new Ben? That may be another yes, one. Yes, I like that one. <laughs> I like I like that one. Is he still the same guy without yeah. his guy? Yeah. Yeah. That is the ultimate overreaction third preseason game headline. And you'll guarantee to see it if it happens. I guarantee you'll see it. Yeah. So what what day does the show what day does the game come on? Next Sunday. So a week uh, from today. Too bad. I can't I can't do that on my yeah, I said it. Man. <laughs> the game because it's coming on after my Saturday show. Because you know I've been, you know, people have said I'm clickbaity, so you know, I wanted to have something really clickbaitish if he struggled. In the game. Don't get me started on people that talk about clickbait. When you run a website or anything that is supposed to drive traffic, you're trying to drive clicks up. Clickbait is when Leif Lance says, Oh my gosh, you'll never under you'll never guess what Ben Roethlisberger said, dot dot dot. And then you click on it and it's just that he's excited for a chance to play in week three. That's clickbait. Okay. Oh, that's great. But that if is- but if he says Ben Roethlisberger is pumped about his first opportunity with this new team and this new crew. That's not clickbait. He's just trying to draw you to that. I just, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent. As an editor of the <laughs> website, I get really pissed when people click say, you guys are doing clickbait. Well, everyone's writing the same articles. I need to make mine unique. Anyways, go ahead. Well, I, I apologize. They didn't say you uh, or, or Brian Anthony Davis or Dave were clickbait. They specifically said I was clickbait, and I'm fine with that. I am I, too, because you're trying to drive traffic to your site. I'm secure in myself, so when you say I'm clickbait, I'm okay. I'm gonna give you my surprise defensive cut. You're gonna get, a, you're gonna laugh at this. How about Big Dan McCullers? Because it doesn't seem like there's anything he can do 
to get cut. That would be a surprise cut. Matikavich would be a bigger surprise for me. Um, even though you look at Ulysses Gilbert, you look at other linebackers that could possibly like uh, Skipper, Tuzar Skipper, who has played well. You ask him, he plays special teams. Um, I, I would say Matikavich would be a bigger surprise because everyone's been waiting for McCullers to be on that list. But for him to, you know, I don't know. It ain't happening. He's, he's got dirt on somebody. He found a magic bullet or something, man. <laughs> He, he, you know, something. He knows where Area 51 is and has the proof. He's he's the ultimate potential player. You know, it's like his tangibles are so scary, his size, his strength, that they always think they can just, man, if we can just get the last ounce of juice out of that piece of fruit, but they just can't. His ability to stand up when he pass rushes. (laughs) can't push backwards. He can't push backwards. (laughs) Like he's on ice skates is just so impressive. Well, he's he's so big. His pad level is way too. I mean, his pad level is so high naturally. I don't understand how he would get low enough. Exactly. Hence, we won't be surprised when he's on the fifty-three man roster. <laughs> yes, all those <laughs> negatives, and he'll be there. Right. He'll, he'll be, there. be on the fifty-three man roster. Speaking of that, there was a big injury, the Ola injury. Yeah. Give the listeners an update on the exact injury and how does that impact the 53? We talked about Gilbert. We talked about Skipper. And Gilbert running with wide receivers in the middle of the field was – I had to rewind it two or three times. How does it impact the roster, the Ola injury? Well, I think Ola's job at outside linebacker is safe. Now, those that didn't know the report is that he has a torn meniscus in his knee – I don't know if it was a complete tear, partial tear. The original report from Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette is that he's out two to four weeks at minimum. And so if you think about it, they did it before week two. That would put him out at least the rest of the preseason. He's probably going to miss a few games in the regular season. I don't think they're going to put him on injured reserve unless they feel that something went terribly wrong and they need to somehow find a way to replace him i think they can carry him on the roster have him sit out a first few weeks and then welcome him back as for the other guys though it's really a case of who's going to play special teams best you know ulysses gilbert skipper benny snell his best play has been on special teams not as a running back but he's probably securing his spot on the team based on that so um i think that Ola's fine he'll be fine i think his job is safe on the 53 man roster you agree or disagree uh yeah but here's the thing when i think of skipper and i think of gilbert and disagree with me if you want i don't think either one of those guys clears waivers if they get cut I think if those guys get cut, they will not be Steelers. I think the athletic flashes, particularly from Gilbert, and the way Skipper plays with a motor and a toughness and a hard-nosed edge, those guys are guys that you want to coach. Those are diamond-in-the-rough guys that have shown that the guys that if you could put some uh, some Shinola and some shoe polish and shine those guys up, you know, those guys can be excellent players. I don't think those guys clear waivers. So I, I hope there's a way for Gilbert and Skipper to stay. But I'm going to shock you because I forgot this name about a surprise offensive cut. And you brought his name up. It'd have to be Benny Snell Jr. Snell football is not – I'm not impressed. I, I If they cut him, I wouldn't be upset. Really? 
Not at all. I think for what he does offensively, you can find a lot of guys to do that. If his best plays are tackling guys on special teams, I'm, 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 you know, you can you can cut him. You you could pay the Edmonds brother to do that. Let him just run straight. And I, I, I haven't been I haven't been impressed from, with Snell. Am I am I overreacting? Am I putting too much value into the preseason? Uh, I don't know because for me, it's one of those situations where he. I, I I've been disappointed in him. We'll put it that way. He hasn't been decisive in his cuts. He really, really, really looks like he's not very fast, and he looks a little heavy. He's got a refrigerator on his back. He's what? Got a refrigerator on his back. <laughs> a little bit, okay. and there's. I you all you heard about was Benny Snow football's tough nose football, and I'm gonna grind it out, and I'm always gonna fall forward. Well, getting hit in the backfield and falling forward to the line of scrimmage is not really ideal. <laughs> um, <laughs> that says something about the offensive line in front of him. But I'm watching James Conner, and James Conner to me, um, even more so than Le'Veon Bell, Mister Naked and Robbed, is butt naked and robbed. Butt naked and robbed. I forgot the butt part. <laughs> Um, he would always, you know, he, he would always get back to the line of scrimmage. James Conner grinds out yards like very few I've seen. And so I think for me, it's, it's, it's a situation where I don't know. I, I want to make sure that who's going to take his place. Is, is it the Edmonds brother? I don't know. I think Benny Snell's fine based on one of your P's. Yes. Ped- pedigree. Pedigree getting drafted. I think that's the only thing that saves him. And I don't know. I, I have not been impressed w- with that draft pick. But before we get into the last question, again, if you want to participate in the live chat, I'm, I'm assuming the live chat is going. I can't see the live chat. Also, we have the super chat feature. If you want to contribute to the show, hit yeah, the but don't. To, I got to tell people. I, I'm not going to tell people not to donate money. I because I trust me. I I love it that you guys are that into our content that you're going to donate some some cash, but. Don't use the super chat feature really early in the show because all of your comments get passed up. Like Felicia gave us, um, I think that's funny funny here. She gave us three bucks. I know um, vodka drinker made a comment about Mr. Third and fifth comment or lack thereof of Daryl Drake. He gave us, I think $6. Isaac, Isaac gave us 20 bucks in the live chat and the tip jar, but it's tough for me to keep track of everything uh, when we're still going through the show. So, Hold your questions to the end, and if you use the super chat earlier, just write super chat real big in the question, and I'll try to get to it. Because for some reason, my live chat is like erasing some of the comments. So I guess there's so many. It's it's pretty good right now. We got a lot of people in here. Well, I got a good question to stir everybody up. This is the last question that I want to have. Hope you guys have enjoyed how I've kind of jumped around. We asked the question. This question sort of last week. And this is from a post that I saw on a Facebook page about a Steeler legend that you would put on this 2019 iteration of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The legend is in their prime. So think about who you would want to add to this team. Rod Woodson? Mean Joe Green? Or Jack Lambert? I wanted to make it really tough. Three of the all-time greats, Steeler defenders. Yeah. This team, who do you pick? I'll start with you, Jeff. I, for some reason, and this is there's no real bias behind this whatsoever. Um, 
for some reason, when you said those names, there was one name that immediately went bang. That's it in my mind. And this is not a cut on any of the other players that you mentioned because they're all great known, right? They're all Hall of Famers. It was Rod Woodson because Rod Woodson was, I, in my opinion, one of the greatest athletes in Steelers history in terms of his ability to return. People forget that he was such a great return man and he got the ball in his hands. He was dangerous, could cover with the best of them. I'll never forget in the Super Bowl 30 when Bill Cowher held a roster spot for him when he tours ACL in week one when Barry Sanders shook him down and he defends a pass breakup on Deion Sanders. He stands up and he's pointing at his knee. I'll never forget that. I, I don't know. But for me, I'll go with Rod Woodson. What about you? See, here's the thing. If I'm not mistaken, all three guys are the in, are on the NFL's 75 anniversary team. I believe I, all, I believe I believe you're all right, three yeah. of those guys are. That's why I wanted to make it tough. And I put Mean Joe Green in there because of what Mean Joe Green means to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You see how I use mean in a different way? Mm-hmm. Mean Joe Green means. Yes. I don't know. He's a wordsmith, folks. <laughs> but this also brings up uh, rush versus coverage. Which one is more important? I'm not picking Jack Lambert. Just because I think in the current game, middle linebackers aren't as important as corners or defensive linemen. I just don't think they 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 their importance ranks. But what's more important, rush or coverage? I'm gonna always side with with rush. So I'm gonna put Mean Joe Green in there. I'm gonna put a guy in the middle playing a three technique defensive tackle that is absolutely disruptive coupled with dud on one end and tj on the other and let's go hunt let's go hunt quarterbacks let's go hunt like let's make that guy up north really uncomfortable immediately so i'm gonna go mean joe green i'm gonna go mean joe green okay yeah there's no wrong answer here you bring up the whole you know it's the chicken and the egg with Russian coverage. So yeah, that's, that's why I wanted to make it tough. Is, yeah, it was a tough. It was tough. And people in the live chat are throwing out all these names of other players that should have been worse. Troy, where's uh, Mel Blunt? These are only the three he picked. People. I mean, you can't name every single great ever. About Troy last week. We talked about Troy last right. week on one of them. We all picked Troy. We picked Troy. I think it was Troy, Casey Hampton, and somebody else. I think it was. But I know we all pick Troy. So what are the people saying on the live chat? Who are they picking? Are they picking any of the three? Oh they- yeah, no, they are. Uh, most are saying it's between um, no one. Not uh, there's some Lambert fans in there, but most of them are saying either Rod Woodson or uh, Mean Joe. So uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's a tough debate. You could go back and forth all the time. So they're all Hall of Famers, man. Yeah, they all have gold jackets. Let me let me let me let me take this a little bit further out. I'm assuming, and I could be incorrect, that the NFL is going to do an all 100 team. It if, only, not, if not, they're missing a hell of an opportunity to do that. I mean, it it only makes sense. Will these three guys still be on it? And and what Steelers do you think will be on it? Because I think I think Woodson will stay on it. Because the starting corners of the four corners, I think it was Woodson, I think it was Night Train Lane, I think it was Dion, 
and I think it was Mike Haynes, I believe. I could be wrong. I think those were the four corners. I think Rod Woodson's game has lasted the test of time. I think the Mean Joe's game has lasted the test of time. Um, those two, I don't know if Lambert would in 100 oh, yeah, years. Lambert, yeah. Dion, I think, will still be on there just because of what the passing game is. I think Webster was on that team as well, if I'm not mistaken. I think Webster was the – He should be. His game is – All 75th. Yeah, because yeah, I was thinking – because I don't think Swan or Stallworth – I don't think they were on it anyway, but I think they won't be on it. But I think the Steelers could probably be represented by the most people on that team. I think the coach will be Belichick, unfortunately. Um, you know, Mister, I put the camera in the, in the uh, you know, I put the camera in the scoreboard guy, uh, Spygate guy. I think he'll be that guy. Brady will be the quarterback. I think those guys will will, will stand up. But with that, Jeff, I'm gonna flip it back to you. Okay. So if there's anything in the live chat that people want us to comment on? Let's have at it. Okay, so this is that time where if you have a question for the show, you can use the Super Chat feature that Lance referenced earlier. That's where you comment in the little text box. On the right, there's a little dollar sign. You can hit that dollar sign. You can donate any amount of money to the program. It goes directly to the program. And that's how we get you things like that signed David DeCastro football that we are giving away for free. I I need to, Dave needs to send me that link. I think he already did, but I'll tell him to send it again. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm motivated to win. You know why I want to win that? I don't know. Because he's a Stanford guy, and I can figure out <laughs> something very unique to do with it. But he's also an all-pro Pittsburgh Steeler, so get over your Pac-12 garbage talk, all right? Yeah, he's a Stanford <laughs> guy. <laughs> so here's for me, though. Um, real quick, go to the website. There's an article that we've been just – we pushed it back up a bunch of times. We almost have 200 people signed up already for free in the Survivor League. If the two leagues get filled up, we're going to open a third. So have no fear. If you go to log in, you're like, ah, it says it's full. Leave a comment, and we'll open a third. All right, so here we have some questions rolling in. You ready? Yep, let's do it. All right, yes or yes or no. Will Devlin Hodges make the 53? No. <laughs> we said all that stuff about it. No. <laughs> No, he's not making the 53. All right, this will be good. Here you go. From uh, Jeremiah, do you think the Steelers will beat the Patriots? No. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right, good. Do you think think this is the best defense the Steelers have had in the last five years? I think five years. Has to be. Think about the last five years and the players that have played. Think about the John Bostics, the Antoine Blakes, the Cortez Allens. They don't have those guys right now. Yeah, I'm going to say yes in a possible. I got to see him play as a okay. first. But yeah, per- personnel-wise, yes. Okay. Yes. All right, Andy asks, what is your prediction for the Steelers and Pats game? This is early. We'll get into this as the game gets closer. What's your prediction? I don't need to score. Pain. Pain. <laughs> Pain. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to be with a real man. Well, <laughs> Clubber Lang. Here's one from Dallas Quinley. What a name. Is Moncrief moving down the depth chart? I'll answer first. For me, no. 
because although his first snap as a Pittsburgh Steeler was probably the worst you could ever imagine, catch for one yard, fumble, right off the turnover, giving it right back. But I don't think he's going to move down the depth chart just yet, especially when Ben Roethlisberger has this supposedly a great rapport with him, um, and he hasn't yet to catch a pass from him. So I think in week three, you might see Roethlisberger feeding Moncrief, which is a saying that he had from back at Ole Miss days, feed Moncrief. Uh, and it, everything's everyone's attitude would change, you know? So I'm going to say no. What do you say? Uh, I'm going to disagree. I, I don't think he was ahead of James Washington in the first place. Um, I think James Washington will be uh, the number two wide receiver. It does not hurt you to have a great rapport, allegedly, with the quarterback. So I think it'll be tough. I think putting the ball on the ground does not help, particularly when the other guy has been playing the best football of his career in the preseason. And it looks like he put the work in to be that guy who has the pedigree of a second round draft pick. Well, let me put it this way. If Moncrief thought he was going to be able to walk in and be the number two, James Washington has slapped him in the face and said, it's not going to be as easy as you think. So, and that's what Tomlin likes. I mean, I'm sure Tomlin is like, this is great. Young man does not want to take a back seat. So, Hey, if you want to start Moncrief, you need to go get it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Snowman gives us $2. We appreciate it. In the tip chart, he says, uh, thoughts on Deontay Spencer? Explosive. Yes, but he has to be able to show more than just returnability because it, there's no need in today's NFL to keep a player because he can just return kicks or punts. It's just not worth it anymore. So he has to be able to show me more than that. That's just me, though. Man, I want to see him catch a shallow cross and just take yeah. off. I would love to see that. Run the same play that they ran with Deontay Johnson on his first reception. That yep. little inside screen. It would be a perfect play for him. Yes, and let him take off. Exactly. All right, Ali has a question. Did Benny Snell really disappoint? Or were our expecta- expectations off because he's been writing checks with his mouth that he can't cash? Oof, Ali's bringing it hard. Um, You know, I don't get hyped on these guys. I just watch them. Uh, so he just is what he is. I had never seen him play a snap ever. So when I watched him the first time, I was like, oh, this guy's garbage. So <laughs> it's like he didn't uh, – I mean, he didn't live up to – he's just a, a average football player. So, no, he didn't disappoint me in any way. No, maybe not you, but the fan base was duped big time. Yes. And the Benny, Benny Snell football. Final- Benny Snell Jets. Benny's no joke. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's go to Cree. He says, what do you think about that bogus offensive pass interference call, which negated Deontay Johnson's first touchdown? It just hope so happens to be that his second touchdown should have been reversed, and it wasn't. So your thoughts on the challenging of pass interference so far? It's preseason for the refs, too. They got to get back into the mix. They were bad, but, you know. Get it right. Get it right. Get Be bad for the first four weeks instead of being bad for the week that counts. I agree. Here we go. Tyler asks, $1.99, the tip chart. We appreciate it. He says, is Juju ready to be the number one wide receiver? Absolutely. Juju does everything right. Why would he not do this right? That's true. I agree. I think that he's going to be really, really good. Um... <laughs> Just got to put this up there. Lance, you should be doing a Patriots sock show. <laughs> Look, hey, Andy. Hey, 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 Andy. I'm not betting against that guy. Uh, 
But you said the same thing last year, and they beat him. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, but. I'm not betting against that guy up north. However, I'm not impressed with the Pats. I'm not impressed with their offensive weapons. But somehow, man, that game is so hard to win on the road. Um, you know, the banner comes down, the emotion, the excitement. I mean, we saw Kansas City go up there and absolutely hammer the Patriots. Hey, it can be done. We've seen it happen. Um, you know, we saw the Ravens. I guess the Ravens had to go on a road during a State of the Union, and they got beat up by uh, the, the Broncos, I believe. Peyton Manning threw, what, five touchdowns against them. It happens. There have been a couple of times where, you know, uh, that defending champion is lost on week one. The Steelers had a tough game. I believe it was against, what, the Tennessee Titans. Um, Mike Wallace made his debut. The Steelers had a tough win in that opening game. So it can happen. Don't bet it, though. It is a tough game. It's a tough game. All right, so here we go. $2 in the tip jar from 410 Carpenter Legend. Will Johnson and Washington end up with the starters? I think he's referring to Deontay Johnson and James Washington. Do you think they will be starters at some point during the season? I think James Washington, we know the answer, but the question is Deontay Johnson. No, but Washington will. But he provides quality depth, though. Johnson can be – he can be a guy that they can have a little uh, a niche for him, and he can be explosive. I liked what I saw from him yesterday. So Yeah, I thought he played well. Kathy knows what's up. She gives $5 in the tip jar. To me, for my optimism, don't take it away because Lance is a negative Nancy over there, hey, as Kathy, always. I, I, really like, I really like your sunglasses, Kathy, though. Let me <laughs> one of those, though. Good optics. <laughs> the, the, the choice of lenses and frames. They look like transitions, too, so prop to you on the, on, on the eyewear. Really solid. <laughs> All right, Boswell or Wright? I think this is pretty much a foregone conclusion, right? Boswell. Not, no, no, no. I when I said right, I didn't mean right. I meant correct. No, you meant right. Okay, Boswell. <laughs> Boswell, correct. Yes, I I think Boswell's kicked well. I mean, it's like the right tackle. There's no competition there anymore. Matt Filer's the starting right tackle. Period. A core four is going to get somebody killed. He almost got beat by a guy with his last name. It was Okafor <laughs> beating Okora four. Yeah. Did you catch that? I did. I did. did you yeah. catch that? I was like, wow. I was like, wow. Oko, uh, uh, I was like confused because it was late when I watched it. I was like, Okafor beats Okora four, and they actually got it right in the broadcast. I was impressed. Yeah. Now the people we have over a hundred, almost one hundred and fifty people watching us live right now on YouTube, and there's some people that have been with us since the start. Ali's one of them. Ali has Howard. So he's just putting this out there like a public service announcement. He said, people, please let Lance bet against the Steelers as much as possible. They'll have a better record because of it. And this I'm impressed, <laughs> Ali. I'm impressed. You know why I'm, I'm impressed, right? This goes back to me and Jeff doing predictions. What do you <laughs> always hope that I do, Jeff? You always, I always hope that you pick against the Steelers. Exactly. It's me <laughs> picking against the Steelers means they are going to win. So, Ali, you've obviously been listening to the show. So, hey, there it is. They're going to win week one because I said they're going to lose. You guys should be happy. Yeah, you should be happy. So, I'll tell you what. That's a good way to end it right there. The little PSA from Ali to all the listeners out there that, look, Lance is going to pick against the Steelers, and everyone should be sitting there when he's like, all right, what's your prediction for the game, Lance? And you're thinking, please pick the, please, please pick someone out of the misery. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, mean, I, pick, I pick the Steelers to go 16-0. 
He picks him to go 0 and 16, and all is right with the world. There you and go. They, and they finish 8 and 8. See, it's a perfect balance. <laughs> perfect. So, all right. Um, anything to add before we call the show? No, I think it was great, Jeff. Yeah. You absolutely. were on it. You were Thanks. on it. Thanks for hosting. I appreciate that. Gives me a little bit of a break. I do want to mention anyone that donated money to us tonight. If I didn't get to your question, I apologize. Um, I do want to say that all the money that we raise here, like I said, we want to regurgitate that back into the show. Don't forget about the David DeCastro giveaway. Go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, not only for your, all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs, but to find out the details on that giveaway. And there's honestly a lot of great content there for you to digest every single day. So Lance, why don't you send us out? Listeners, as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. We will see you next week. I don't know. It's a Sunday night game. We'll be on for the post game. I'm not sure if we'll squeeze the standard in there at some point. Yeah. We'll figure it out, and we'll let you know. But we'll see you next week for sure after the Steelers-Titans week three game. Talk more preseason meaningless football. We'll see you.